Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod with me, your host, Luke Curry, out in Greystone Studios, aka my box room, Mark Baker, and my uh, my co-host, Marky B in Glenageary. How are you getting on, Mark? Yeah, stuck in the box room all day. Um, yeah. I got, I got out to the gym for an hour, but uh, apart from that, yeah, nothing strange. Same old. Same old, same old. And we're, we're, we're edging closer to going back to maybe the office uh, sometime. Uh, we were just having a chat with our, our guest, Gary Grimes. How are you getting on, Gary? Good, lads. Um, pleasure to be on the podcast, which isn't a fan. Listened to um, over the last few weeks, a good few of them. So delighted to be here. I am in an office, uh, not my office. Which we were briefly talking about before, but yeah, um, yeah, good. How are you guys? We're great. Like this is the, I don't. I feel like there's a bit of a turning point here because I'm looking at some of these stats for vaccinations, Mark, and I'm thinking, you know, 91 percent uh, got the first jab. I mean, that's pretty good. I, that's a passing grade in my things, in my opinion. So I think we might be hopefully getting back to kind of somewhat normal soon. We're talking about setting up a, a shark. <laughs> we're, set, we're talking about setting up a, a shark pod uh, meetup, shark meet um uh sometime at the end of the year uh gary said he was all, all over that as well so that's great news uh but maybe we might jump into maybe introduce yourself gary um uh, the the company simply finance uh, i liked it because simply uh in irish means simple and simply right. works quite well in english as well so uh, it has a double, yeah. yeah once i once i saw the photo yeah. i'm like get that man on here let's have a chat um delighted yeah no look, look uh yeah gary grimes uh, my name uh, i'm originally from Dublin 12 and simply business finance um i i launched the company in january 2020 originally called gdg business finance but gdg being my initials is gary david grimes I was a one-man band and gradually um, over the course of the last 14 months, it's kind of grown a bit of some arms and legs, um, no longer became just about me. And also uh, some people were having problems saying the word GDG. They thought either I was uh, calling them to deliver a package sometimes, uh, only to explain this is not DPD, uh, it's GDG finance. So um, a couple of my advisors around me were saying, it's a little bit difficult to say. My own mother couldn't say it. So we started to um, just, you know, I said I was going to rebrand the company at some stage. Didn't know what it was going to be. And we'll talk a bit more about how it simply came along. Um, what we do, we we help Irish companies get business loans and asset finance. Uh, that's the that's the 10-second pitch. Um, the more uh, deeper version of that is... We are a business finance intermediary. I hate the word broker. Uh, it is what I am, but I, I you know, I, I always see brokers as processors, but we're, we're so much more than that. Um, we work with, predominantly, we work with the non-bank finance space in Ireland. Uh, don't do a lot of dealings with banks. We have our reasons for them. We work a lot with alternative finance providers or non-bank finance providers. Um, we have reasons for that as well, just to... The, the range of products that we can access for our clients allows us to uh, build kind of tailored funding solutions depending on what the client needs, as opposed to what a lender will say their product is best for anything. doesn't matter what you need it for. So, yeah, that, that's what we do. Uh, fairly new. Um, 
business ourselves, we, we launched in January 2020, as I mentioned. Uh, we've had a bit of a roller coaster uh, periods up until now, given that after six weeks of business, uh, 95% of our clients closed the doors, which was great fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a great journey so far. Class. And just so, like, we, me and Mark were just talking about the about the podcast today and we we're saying like i don't really know how the the business of intermediary uh works uh, if i'm yeah. a i guess like a customer it, so would it be in the kind of sme space that we're looking for f- funds for like a specific reason say they wanted to expand like their retail thing or you know add another unit to their their fleet of trucks or something what would what's the the typical customer profile for you guys yeah, but exactly what you've said there nail on the head with both of them and more as well so typically we work with SMEs, um, generally anyone trading uh, for two years or more, uh, depending on the demographic of the business. We typically work with businesses that are, you know, minimum turnover, 150,000 up to the largest turnover business we've worked with is 27 million per year. Um, we access, they generally, what, what they'll do is they will come to us and they'll say, we are this business, we need finance for this reason, and we need your help accessing uh, the same. They can do it themselves. It's just a little bit more time consuming. And what we do um, is we generally build, a, first of all, a financial profile for the business is the first thing we do. So we understand everything about that business, both internally from the bank statements, from the financial accounts. We look at the balance sheet. We also then look at external information on that business through different credit reference agencies. And we put it all into just one nice little, you know, simply business finance profile. And with that, we then, once we understand what the business wants and what they want to use the finance for, we can tailor a proposition to a specific lender for that specific product. So if it's a truck, uh, we can act, we can go to an asset finance provider, uh, build a proposition specifically for their credit model and their credit team. They love that. Um, with an application with a full document pack already kind of pre-screened by our own team and it makes their life easy uh, and that's and then we can have a working capital finance need for a retail business they might be bringing in new staff members or they might want a retail business or a classic stock loan facility and they might be looking for a stock loan facility to off because obviously coronavirus and the COVID has eliminated a lot of payment terms for for people bringing you know stock in from china and stuff so now sometimes they have to pay for that up front so stock loan facilities were able to look at the business how they take in money debit and credit card cash how they do it and then build a financial solution that's best suited for them so we work with all types of businesses uh, all sectors which gives us a very good you know we've, we've got a bit of experience working with retail hospitality agri transport, e-commerce, the whole lot. So, uh, and we're always looking to work with businesses and new sectors to build our own knowledge bank as well. So um, we have a nice spread of who we can help, yeah. It's such a, it's an interesting thing as well because it's something that, you know, finance the, our cash flow, you know, it's the lifeblood of any any business, but it's something that, I yeah. guess I never really even think about that there's alternatives to banks or like raising finance, uh, kind of dragons, dragons den style, pitching to people for uh, yeah, it's for tough. The, so I, so it, I, it, I can see why you're why there's there's a there's there's definitely a space for that, and also it sounds like there's a lot of paperwork involved. And if you're running a e-commerce business a day to day, I don't know if that's when you want to spend your time doing. Um, is that kind of the the, the, yeah, the pain? I, I, 
pull it, pull it together. Like all, all, all lenders, each and every lender that we deal with, they all have a, a specific set of documents that they need to do their job. Their credit team has, like, and it changes between all the lenders. So, if you're one individual business and you might need more than one, more than one different type of product, you could be dealing with two sets of credit teams who are looking for different sets of information, and that can. I'm a busy business owner. You guys are those entrepreneurs. You know, we're busy and you're trying to lock someone down. Listen, I need you to get me 12 months bank statements or I need you to sit down and get your financial accounts from your accountant. That takes time and it takes time away from actually doing your job on a daily basis. So a lot of what we do is we take that off their shoulders. You know, we get, we look, that, that that's part of the financial profile building. And, you know, a lot of it as well is intimidating. Finance can be intimidating. You know, I'm in the business since I was 19. I've been dealing with SMEs more predominantly for the last 10 years. And it doesn't matter how long you've been running the business for. If if it's not something you might, if you're accessing finance, it might be only something you do, God, once every year, if not once every three years. And we never have to do it at all. So it can be intimidating for a business owner um, to approach these lenders because, uh, they're not used to doing it where somebody like ourselves we take all that off and we put them at ease that us liaise with the lenders for you we'll make sure we remove all the jargon we'll make sure that they know that they're dealing with somebody who you know they can't miss sell the product to because if they do we'll catch it straight away and and we're just going to simplify the whole process that's where the name of the business comes from which is, is simply business finance we are trying to keep it super simple that's what we do for clients Absolutely. It's, it's such an interesting kind of a area to be in as well. It's hard to, from the outside, how does the, the business work? Is there like, a, is it a commission basis? Is it a, a fee basis? Uh, yeah. Like a consulting day cost or how, you know, how does that work? Yeah, very, uh, we've, we've a couple of different revenue models. We walk off, uh, we, we collect revenue from both sides. So first of all, the clients that engage us, we'll have a, an engagement fee which kind of covers the cost of building the financial profile and the work and the hours that's involved. That's very small. And then we'll have a success fee based on um, the type of product the client is looking to access, whether it's term loans or asset finance. And then the lenders on the other side, we'll have a pre-agreed commissions uh, that we'll have with those guys. So it brings us um, three different areas of of revenue we bring into the business. that's how we do it. It can it can fluctuate with depending on the loan sizes, the types of business, what they're looking for, and that's where we're a little bit fluid. It, it, the model is very simple, but we can change it depending on the need for finance. Yeah, and um, the business finance side of it is is that that's one element of revenue that we bring in. Another element where we generate revenue from is that we look at if you've got a retail or hospitality business that uses debit and credit card turnover, what we can do is we have a partner who we bring in to do a bit of a, a deep analysis of the costs of them using a certain merchant quarter. And we can then allow our partner to search the market for a cheaper, not, not a cheaper, but even a better service at a better cost for that particular business owner. And uh, we, we we generate kind of revenue off that side of the business as well. So, um, yeah, we our model is, it, it's a good sound model. It brings yeah. us a nice bit of revenue uh, and it's consistent and we can we can turn her over a good, good few times a month. That's class. I love the idea of having different, uh, different kind of revenue streams around the same business as well as kind of a little bit yeah, of flexibility COVID, as well. COVID, COVID, COVID accelerated that really because... Yeah. 
what we were doing. Oh, I have a bit of a background in fintech. Uh, my first kind of my first job with a fintech was with a company called uh, Grid Finance. And Grid Finance launched uh, back in 2015. I joined those guys as a third member of staff. Left, um, took a took a big gamble. Left a good, well paid job with Citibank and Securities. Took a job with a non-bank finance fintech, which had two staff members at the time, and never looked back after that. And they Gary, why, lot. why did you why did you take that leap? I tell you, I I myself I, I always worked in organisations, but something about me I always wanted to be my own boss. I always wanted to be in control of my own future, and I just didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be uh, I knew it was going to be in finance. So. What happened was I was walking with Citibank. I seen a, a tweet of all things. Um, this business called Grid Finance. We're looking for. We're looking to bring in. Uh, they were they just sent out a tweet about what they were doing, and they weren't actually advertising for staff at the time. And what I did was, I looked at what they done, and the product that they had at the time was peer to peer lending. So, which is interesting because I heard you go conversation last week about return on investment. So I'll talk to you about that as well. So peer to peer lending essentially is. Um, a business is looking for a loan or finance and they will have uh, they will you'll get a bunch of individuals who all pool their money together and then make up the loan amount that that business needs and then that particular business uh, makes a single repayment back to a company that repayment is paid with capital and interest and then goes back to the lenders who've lended to them so i seen the model and i thought to myself it's cool that's like really really cool it's more it's kind of like a modern day credit union where you know everyone has the money together kind of decentralizing lending where it's away from it is what the banks do really on a bigger scale yeah. but it's a smaller scale and it was really cool and i seen it and i said you know i looked at the market in the us and the market in the us was massive and i looked at the market in the uk and it was growing rapidly and i looked at the market in ireland and grid with a second lender to do it and it was really untouched so I'd said, you know, I contacted them and I said, you know, I've worked in organizations building teams, building processes, building sales funnels. Um, and I'd said, I'm available. I, I can, I'd love to work for you. And uh, they were then said they were looking for staff and got involved with Andrea Linehan and Derek Butler, who were involved in the business. And from there, uh, took, took a job with them. And that was my first real kind of, experience in a startup and that was when i kind of got the that's where i knew where i wanted to work was and as that developed over the years um five years with that company uh, we went from three staff up to 23 staff at the peak two different countries three different offices um i went from being a business uh, a business experience manager which was originating sales to the senior operations manager, to the la- then to the last job we have with the guys, which was the fund manager. And um, I know uh, his good self is works for HubSpot. We use HubSpot in that business, um, and I still use HubSpot in my business now today as well. And just we, it was a technology business. We looked at you know how can we make the journey of access and finance easier for businesses, and how can you make it not just easier but more enjoyable and. That's what that's what grid finance were doing, um, and I was with them for five years, and then my own circumstances changed in that my my girlfriend was pregnant. We were having a baby in March, twenty twenty. Uh, he was born on March the fifteenth, twenty twenty, which we all remember uh, in Irish history. It was the days the Irish pubs were closed, 
for the first lockdown. So we have two reasons to celebrate that in the future. Um, but I I was traveling in the old grid finance for spending about between 14 and 16 hours a week of losing that time. And I'd watched the non-bank finance bank in Ireland develop because I was working in it. And I, I was at that point, I decided, you know, look, now is the time for me to take the bull by the horns, develop my own business, develop my own kind of organization, which will, will which will make me self-sufficient, but also give me 14 or 16 hours time back a week that I can spend with my family. That was more, that was, that was a big driver behind it. And then just loved working with Irish businesses. So it was a combination of a couple of things and the timing was right. Now, my girlfriend was seven months pregnant and it was Christmas when I decided to do it. So she'll tell you the timing wasn't right, but it, it was. And took the plunge and that and that's where, um, that that was going to win me from when I walked back in Citibank and I knew something was there. Uh, the five years experience with grid finance from a startup, got to see everything from a bootstrap business to a fundraise um, and everything that's involved in that. And then getting to work with uh, like, company, like big, you know, government organizations like the SBCI, getting to see what their processes of, of looking at what they wanted to see in lenders to, 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 to then forward their money. And I just took it all into my own business. So, um, and the best decision I've ever made, in my opinion, the best decision I've ever made. Um, Did it feel like, yeah, when it, when, sorry to cut you off when it, when it comes to like learning you know what you've really learned and what's been so beneficial to you how do yeah. they compare those two companies for example your time in grid finance and your time in, in city you know are they comparable or is, is it purely uh, chalk and cheese Just chalk and cheese uh, chalk and cheese even though they're both in the finance world chalk and cheese because I also worked for HSBC in the UK. I uh, worked with them for seven years. Um, I worked originally in mortgages with those guys and I left HSBC to come back to Ireland and took the job at Citibank. So what I found was um, when you're in an organisation, like one of those big organisations, there's so many sideways moves that you can make. You want You might be somebody that has an idea about how you can change an implementation process, change a process to make it more efficient. But it's just, it's like throwing sand into the water with big organizations. There's so much red tape. There is, you know, you have, it's just so cumbersome to actually get a change that it has to go up so many ladders and then it might come back down. It takes a lot of time. I started working at Grid Finance and, you know, we were literally changing decisions on a daily basis. We were a small team. What's not working? We'd have a meeting on a Friday. What's not working? This is not working. This is not working. Right, let's change it. And it was implemented on Monday. And I, it was brilliant and I loved it. And then even with new products, like, you know, we brought in, um, we originally done term lending, which is just, you're very vanilla. You take a loan, you repay it once a month for a set period of time. And that was going well, but we wanted to kind of diversify the products that the company had. So we looked at this product, which was called Emergent Cash Advance Loan. Um, very popular in the UK, very popular in Ireland. Absolutely untouched in a, a very popular, very completely untouched in Ireland. No, nobody was doing it apart from this one company, which was a UK based company, but couldn't get the Irish market. The Irish market is just bizarre when it comes to finance, particularly in the non bank space. So they weren't putting a lot into it. So we were able to look at that product on a Monday, do our research for two weeks, and then decide to launch it, uh, put the invest, put the time in, and then two, three months uh, worth of knowledge, breaking new ground, we were able to launch that product and then literally made changes on a weekly basis as we went. And that was 
chalk and cheese where the experience of working in a big corporate compared to working in a startup finance company, which is so high, it's, you know, it's just constantly reaffirming, okay, what do we do this week? What do we do great? What was shit? Take it out. Sorry for language. Uh, take it out, um, replace it, improve it. And that's or such a, like, it was a five year experience that you wouldn't get in college for myself. And that's where um, th- th- I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Never looked, never woke up in the morning saying, God, I don't want to go to work today. Every day was a new day. And but it's funny, that's, day, that's very specific to your personality, though. And I would have yeah. been the same in the large organizations I worked. I felt like, I just felt like I didn't fit in almost, you know. And then when I worked in the smaller yeah, one, absolutely, like, this makes sense. What the hell was I doing in, in the other one? But yeah, nobody People really listened to me. Somebody's, like, yeah. somebody's listening to me. This is amazing, yeah. you know. I think so, it's really yeah, important really to cool. assess your personality type when you are younger and starting off in your career because you can get it yeah. right then from the fucking start, you know. And how good oh, would that look, be, you know? I, I, I'm 36 years old right now, and if I'd have done this when I was, when I came back from, from the UK and joined Citibank, I was 26. If I'd have done this 10 years ago, like I, I don't know where I'd be right now, you know, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably have a bigger organization. And, but yeah, as you said, it's about finding, if you know who you are, it's very hard. A lot of people do it. They know who they are, but they just conform to the nine to five and that's what they like. And that's fine. Mm. That's what most people will do. But I just knew myself inside, like, that's not me. I will walk my nine to five in reality, be six to six when I have my own business. But you know, I want to be able to bring people in and I want people to listen to my valued opinion. And when people validate your opinion and people take your opinion and it works, the buzz you get off that is just incredible. It's it's cool. Mm, yeah. It makes you feel good. It's working. And then, so what I did with, with Grid, you know, we had a lot of learning. I left the guys on, on fantastic terms. Um, Derek and Grid would have been a good mentor of mine for the five years I was there. And they are one of the lenders I now use in Simply, and I do business with them almost on a daily basis. And it's brilliant to see something that I was involved in building from from scratch to, well, almost from scratch, uh, to an automated credit model, to an automated settlement model with their product, which is their platform, to now I'm using it as a customer and a client, and it's cool. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's that big thing. Don't leave crumbs, you know, anywhere you go. Always make sure it's, you know, everything yeah. is, is left on good terms. That's it. That's it. And I knew what I was going into. I knew what I was developing here in, in, in what was GDG, which is now Simply. And, you know, I want to develop an organization that, you know, has, we want to help Irish businesses. And, you know, we build a business model that we make money from doing that. And that's fantastic. And what we want to be able to do is, you know, we want to be able to bridge a gap between the non-bank finance space and Irish SMEs looking for finance because, you know, something, it's not talked about enough in this country. Uh, our government representatives, they don't talk about it because they don't understand it. And then if somebody starts talking about it and then they say, oh, it's an unregulated space, they just don't want to know about it. So all they want to stick to is we've got pillar banks in this country. Let's just pretend that they're the best at what they do and that's where we'll give all the attention to. And it's a shame because if you go back, if you look at the UK, Ireland is just a classic. We always look at the UK. What did they do and, and how did they make it work? And if you go back six or seven, no, sorry, if you go back eight, nine years in the UK, there was a, a there was a split there between, you know, bank and non-bank. Where were SME is going to get their money? Where were SME is going to get finance? And this 
the split was heavily in favour of the banks. But you go there today, um, it's probably 70-30 in favour of the non-bank finance space. And it's not because um, it's not because it's just, it's not because, you know, or people just seen it as the only place to go. It's because the UK government kind of engaged that sector and recognised that, listen, we've got platforms here that can get money into businesses in two days. That's yeah. what business owners need. If, you know, if someone in Galway rings me and says, Gary, we've got a shipping container down on the docks there. Uh, it's 100, 100 grand worth of stock in it. We need, we want to buy it. You go to the bank, you might be waiting four to six weeks to get that in Ireland. You go to a non-bank finance provider, you could make that work within five business days. That could change that business completely. Yeah. The UK government seen that a long time ago and they introduced some stuff like you guys were talking about investments last week. You know, the, the UK government introduced the innovation noises, which were an individual savings account where they've encouraged the general public to lend money through our kind of technology platforms and they would give them tax incentives to do that up to sixteen thousand pound. Yeah. And overnight, like that changed that changed kind of platforms like Funding Circle and Lending Club and Zopa. And all of a sudden, you know, you've seen regulation coming in, you've seen universities put money into these platforms to lend the businesses. We're just not there yet with Ireland with that. You know, we're still developing that. And I just think that if we talked about the non-bank finance space more, the split I talked about. 70 30 in the uk now it's about 85 15 in favor of banks in this country and if you look at this you now banks are a necessary evil in my opinion we always we, we're gonna have we're gonna need them for the rest of our lives but if you look at the you know isme does a fantastic bank watch report and if you looked at the numbers that are coming out now you know the vast majority of businesses that are talking and doing this survey are saying that the banks are making it more difficult to access finance and that's going to happen for a long time, where these non-bank finance providers, there's a huge gap for them to walk into. It was also part of the reason I left GDG, or left Grid when I did, was I seen the opportunity to take it. And um, I think we're, we're, we're looking at over the next few years, we're looking at a shift. The SBCI are putting money into companies like Linked Finance, Capital Flow, and others, and close brothers now. And that's bringing more attention to the space those lenders are proving themselves to be uh, to be worthy of the recognition that the SBC has given them, and that's going to cause a wave of businesses to bring them over as well. So it's exciting. Look, for me, it's exciting. I've been working in the space for a long time, so I'm excited to see how it goes. It's so exciting. And also, I feel like the, the UK are always like miles ahead of us that's why i i like i don't know people don't like to hear this but i think that they're going to be switzerland i don't, I don't think the brexit thing is going to slow them down i think it's going to pour petrol on no. the innovation over there i think that they like the like i've never really worked too much in the uk until recently but now i'm, I'm think i'm uh working in the uk region more with hubspot and i'm coming across all of these um really innovative kind of uh next generation banks and yeah. you know, they last year they had ten, last year they had ten people working for them. Now it's like a thousand people, and like it's exploding, Joe. You know? And it's all it's, it's just yeah, everything. In, the, in the funny thing about the UK, I, I I lived in Scotland for eight seven years altogether, and while they're only a couple of hundred miles away, the the quality of living and how things is done, it's just completely different. Like I was explaining, whether it's personal finance. You know, whether it's getting a mobile phone finance, getting car finance, getting just everything is just a lot easier. Even looking at your individual credit score, you can download an app in the UK and do a credit score on yourself. 
like so easy to access. But in Ireland, there is no single platform or there's no central database where you, me, or Mark can go on and just credit score ourselves. Yeah. You can get the Irish Credit Bureau report and you've got this customer credit register, but they're just dated platforms. And I was, I was explaining to my girlfriend the other day, um, we're, we're looking at buying a new car at the moment and we went up to a dealership, uh, Capital Motors up in Belgard, and we're looking at a cash coin plus two because we have the new Baba and yeah. it's just a big car and it's a nice car. And we were talking about financing the car and the guy was like, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a relatively old car. You'd only get one year finance on it. So my girlfriend, obviously, she's she's uh, she's never had to borrow in her life, lucky her. And I was explaining to her, you know, I, I remember an experience where I walked into an Audi dealership in East Kilbride in Scotland. And within an hour, I'd walked out with a brand new Audi A4. I didn't intend on doing that. But the salesman had said to me, I could get you approved for that in 20 minutes with a one pound wow. deposit. And I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and I wanted a new car. And within 20 minutes, he had me approved. And he was like, therapy and drove it away the next day. And that's just, Ireland is just nowhere near that yet. And we were getting there. Like, yeah. it, it, that's okay. Look, we're, we're developing. But, you know, we, we are seeing new companies coming into Ireland now, buy now, pay later, which is which is the start of it, I think. So that's going to be an interesting type of space now over the next couple of years as well. And sometimes people think that we're, like on the podcast, we're, when we're, if we're critical of, of Ireland and the, some of the things about how business is done here. Sometimes it's yeah. it's just where we're just kind of exposing opportunities. Do you know there's a big gap yeah. that, uh, that is to be filled there? Do you like it, Oi? So it's, the not, flex, it's not always... The flexi, flexi for you coming into Ireland. I, that was a funny one. Like you're saying opportunities. I, I was in the, I, my, my mom lives on Captain's Road in Crumlin and I went into DOD Electrical on Sundrive Road. She said she needed a new, uh, she needed a new washer and a dryer, washer, a washing machine and a dryer. And I went in and I said, look, I'll take these two. And the guy was like, would you like to get it on Flexi for you? And I was like, what's Flexi for you? And he went, well, you can buy them now and pay for them over the course of a year. And I was looking at paying, you know, the equivalent of 800 quid out of my bank or I said, I'll give it a try. I work in finance. I, I, I'm not afraid of it. I'll give it a try. And within a few minutes, you were approved. The washing machine, the dryer were delivered the next day and you pay for over the course of a year. And as you said, an opportunity, I, I wouldn't have known that existed until that guy told me about it. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know it existed because it's not talked about in Ireland. So yeah, definitely, definitely not critical, just exposing opportunities. That's really good. I like that, yeah. Because I, I lived in Canada for a couple of years as well in my 20s, um, just like I was working on a startup over there and um, in Vancouver. And the, the credit score there is the it's like a religion. It's like everyone is obsessed yeah. with the credit score. And if you've got a good credit score, you can do, you have to basically write your own checks. You can do whatever you want yeah. from a, like the, if, like a, the business, if you have a business loan and you personally back it and you've got good credit. Um, you'll get a loan yeah. really quickly, you know. And I think I think they see in the and I don't you know let let me know if I'm I'm wrong about uh, the Irish finance industry because I don't know that much about it. But in in Canada, it seemed like money was like a product. It was just like we're yeah. selling it. People are getting commissions on it. They're trying to get it out to the market. Um, and Irish people don't really see it like that. So that when they go in for a loan, it's like almost like you know oh, I better you know uh, put on a good tie. It's like they're in the money business. They're they, that's how they stay open as they lend their money true absolutely I, I I work in finance and what I try and educate my clients on is not thinking of it as finance but just thinking of it 
as another tool for your business. I use HubSpot to manage my sales pipelines and my deal pipelines, and that's a tool. Now, I use the free version, I don't pay for it yet. Uh, I'm not that big yet. So, um, But I use, I have a mobile phone, I have a desk phone, I've got the computer. You pay for all these things. They're all tools to do business. And I talk to people about finances, just see it as the same thing. So we talk about, we get a retail business will come to me and they'll say, uh, we're looking for a stock loan. And I'd say to them, don't think of it as finance. Think of it as a tool to get what you want, to get to where you want. And that's it. So don't look at, look at Irish people are classic at saying, what's the APR? You know, if I had clients, well, I, would, I would buzz with it. And I'd say, if you, can, if you can tell me how an APR is calculated, I'll tell you what the APR is. And they go, I don't even know what APR stands for. I just know that's a question Irish people ask. And you're like, that's cool. That's absolutely fine. But I'd always bring them back and say, you know, think of finance. Don't fear it. Um, use it as a tool. And I use it individually as a tool. And I use it for my business as a tool. You're a retail business and you're looking for finance. You borrow 10 grand. You have to pay back that 10 grand plus the interest, which could be 200 quid, 300 quid, whatever. That's the cost of the tool. But what are you using it for? Is to buy 10 grand worth of stock, which you're then going to sell for 40. So think about it like that. And then it's amazing when people start seeing it like that, then they'll start using it more frequently. It is a problem with Irish businesses where they're incredibly undercapitalized in this country because there's a fear of it. And that's a, a fear of applying. Oh, you know, I had a problem seven years ago. I won't apply because I'll get the client. It's okay to get the clients. That's absolutely no problem. Like I, I'd say to my clients all the time, look, the first time we work together, we might not get the result that we want. We might get the client. That's fine. Um, because they'll tell us why they declined it. Then we can take it away. We work on it. Then we'll go back and we'll get it the next time. And clients like that. Sometimes they know. And as part of our building the financial profile for businesses, all I myself, I'm 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 doing my second exam and my credit. Uh, for my credit exams next month, which will have me as a qualified credit analyst. Plus, so I know what these I know what these teams are looking for. I know what they look out for. So that allows me to identify that really quickly and say, right, listen, see these four unpaid in the last month? This is going to be a problem. You're in a negative position on your balance sheet. That's going to be a problem. Um, but we can address those things. So getting people more comfortable about using finance as a tool for your business instead of fearing it, it, it's you. I'd see that the whole country would see the benefit of it. We'd see businesses growing fast, and we'd see more products available. If you look at the bigger guys, if you look at the bigger, you know, the, the kind of medium to big, large companies in this country, you look at their balance sheets. You will see an amount of debt on their balance sheets that they use to capitalize the business. Um, you know, COVID is a big thing now, where. You know, people have dipped into their reserves big time to just to keep businesses running. And now they want to make business decisions. And that's where they would have previously dipped into the reserves to pay for that. Now we're introducing a model where, listen, don't use your own money. Use somebody else's money. You'll pay for it, but you'll protect yourself as well in a way that if something does happen, you still have your own pot of money to use as well. So there's a lot of learning. You guys touched on it last week, you know, when you were talking about the education and skills as as a young as a young person. If this stuff is taught in skills when you're 15, 16, you look at all like look at my nieces right now who are all starting uh, eyelash businesses and nail businesses. They don't understand the business side of it, but if they did, where they would be at my age if they started at their age, they'd blow me out of war. They'd blow us out of war. They'd be 20 years on it. 
by the time they got to air age. And it just it's not talked about as enough. It's not it's not a, there's not enough you know there's not enough curriculum in schools to talk about that sort of like how to do your taxes, how to run a business, how to start a company. So yeah, yeah. there's there's lots lot as you said, not exposed, not being think- critical of it. Opportunities. Do you think that's by design? The more I think about it, the more I think it's, <laughs> it's by design. You're dropping into a conspiracy here, Mark. It's not like the shark pod. Look, the whole system, I and mean, we'll always use, we always use the word the system. It's all it's designed to keep the majority on the nine to five. That, that's my opinion. Mm. You know, it is, and that's fine because the majority on the nine to five, they pay their taxes. They won't, you know, they won't disrupt. They won't innovate. And that's fine, but there's a cohort there that it's inside you, and you know, this I am going to disrupt. I am going to, I am going to innovate. I like what you're doing, but I could do it better. Uh, yeah, no surely it's entre- entre- yeah. Surely it's entrepreneurs that create the growth, you know, as opposed yeah. to just relying on foreign investment all the time. That's it, yeah. that, and, and it's not talked about. You know, they talk about a lot of FDI foreign direct investment in this country, I and mean, we see our government talking. With the big, uh, I say big, they are big, uh, the big corporates, and, and that's all fine. But 98% of businesses in this country are SMEs. And if you, if there was an element of a redirect of resources to build SMEs from the ground up, like I, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's funny, I'm, I'm a big football man and football family. And I was saying to someone, you know, if we, if the Irish government took the approach that the Belgian football team took 15 years ago, by by, by going into the grassroots and developing a system from the from the under 12s up to the senior level, they went from being I don't know where they were in the world to being nearly number one, aware number one at one point. If we reinvest in SMEs in this country, 98% of them are going to make up the demographic. 97% of people that are in jobs work for these SMEs, educate them better. Give them better support from the start. There is no startup finance apart from microfinance work. Give them better support as new companies, and we will all reap the benefit. That's just the reality of it. But it just doesn't happen. And it's been talked about a lot for so long, but it just doesn't happen. There was a huge focus on tech startups all the time, but yeah. No, it's 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 not all about tech startups as well. Interested to know the the are yours, what percentages would your clients be in different areas? Like, is there any majority in a certain industry or? Yeah, majority hospitality, funnily enough. Uh, um, that, that was always going to, that, that was always, that's the two strongest sectors that my personal experience is in, is retail and hospitality. Um, oh, okay. um, so you can imagine uh, when I returned to work uh, just at the end of March when they were all closed, that was fun. Um, but the vast majority of deals that we done last year were actually in hospitality, funny enough. So, um, but it allowed us a lot of, we do a lot of hospitality financing, a lot of retail financing. Um, construction at the moment is another one that's booming for us. And it's 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 good to see these sectors, particularly the hospitality. They, they've been, look, I have a lot of very close friends and a very, very close uh, through doing business with them over the course of five, the last five, seven years to own hospitality businesses and organizations. And they're just decimated by it. Like there, you can see them. I, I can see when I'm talking to them and it's almost a shock when I say to them, listen, what do you need? If you could do a 30 grand walking capital. I'll get that for you. There's no way you can. I'll get it for you. And you get it for them. And they're like, Jesus, like, you know, this is, this is huge. 
Um, we've helped hospitality businesses. One, one of our clients, he won't mind me talking about him. He loves exposure. Barry Drum in Look Man No Hands. Uh, he walks on the north side. Uh, we helped them raise finance a couple of times through the, the COVID pandemic. And they now have four. They had one when we met them. They now have four branches within a year. They won in, sorry, three active, one coming in Ashbourne. They won in Swords, one in Balbriggan, two in Swords, one in Balbriggan, and they're open and open in Ashbourne. And that, 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 that's just, that, that's what's possible. And this is where these alternative finance lenders come in. Um, the banks, they're not really engaging the hospitality businesses to finance them because it has been the sector that has been most that most hard hit by it all. But there's just so much more options out there for them, yeah. And where, so just. I wonder, is it a, good, is it a prime opportunity? Sorry, Luca. I, I, I was just going to say, like, what, where the this type of business, is it going to, in your vision, is it. Uh, an Irish only kind of uh, like a, a boutique business is that what you're trying to build or is this something that can have uh, you know a hundred uh, people in seat like is there enough of an appetite for this in Ireland yeah. over the next few years what, what's yeah, your vision like? so, so really for, for me what I'm doing first of all is is I'm going I'm building the model and testing it in the Irish market and when it's working in the Irish market with a couple of you know, people say to me, what, what, what means success to you? With a couple of milestones that I have hit and continue to hit until I know that the model is a, a super simple model that can be a plug and play job in any country I want to go into. So the UK market is, is definitely one. The, in, the finance intermediary market in the UK is so far developed, it's unbelievable compared to Ireland. Um, and my plan is develop the model in Ireland and then be able to move it to the UK and then move it to Portugal, Spain, basically any country that has as, as finance where alternative finance providers are operating and develop that model where it can be a plug and play model. So nice. um, yeah, like that, that, that's the goal for me. Um, keep it very simple, starting off for the first few years, develop the model, make sure it works bring tech in where I need it, bring open banking in where we need it, um, to bring to make that journey for business owners more seamless and less hassle. And then once we've nailed it, we can then replicate it to other countries. And yeah, so so bums on seats. Um, I always, I'm, I started the business just as me. There's five of us in it now. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a family business I have. My mother actually is my office manager. Um, <laughs> she keeps us all in check. Uh, my my partner does some accounting work for us and also does some system works. I've got Phil, uh, who's my head of property consultant. And then I've got my accounts person. So we also have a small, if we need businesses that are not happy with their existing accountants, we have an accounts person that will either help me dissect their financial accounts or else bring them business. So it's a grown business. Um, I'd like for my business to have experts in the different fields that we operate in as bums on seats, good marketing person, and then organically build it from there and then move it into other countries as well. Yeah. It's, it's great that it's, it can be applied elsewhere as well. We had, uh, yeah. we had uh, another, uh, kind of an entrepreneur that's really in his uh, early, early days, uh, Cahill Noon. It's also my other brother-in-law who was on a little while ago. Um, yeah. and he's developing, a. Uh, a tax kind of a software that can be applied in anywhere where they do research uh, tax credits, which is a lot of places. Right. Like, wait, so it's you know it's starting yeah, in Dublin, but it could go uh, 
kind of anywhere, uh, which is great as well. Um, but yeah. the, usually we uh, we like to do a, a lightning round here, Mark, but we're running out of time. So why don't you pick two cool. two burning questions for Gary that you've got on your mind there? And, uh, awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll let Gary go back to his, uh, his evening here. <laughs> okay. Um, is it who you know or is it what you know? Um, that's a good question. I think it's, I think, I think most of the times it's who you know. Um, uh, with a, with a small splash of what you know, where who you know. <laughs> so who you know most of the time, yeah. Nice. Um, if you could advise somebody to learn one skill, what would it be? Um, time management. Interesting. That's the first time we've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the first. Yeah, I like I, it. Yeah, I'll tell you, time management for me, because I, if you asked me this question six years ago, um, I was a, a manager of a, of a mortgages department in the UK, and it was scatter. Like, it was just crazy. Uh, you're managing 40 people. But when I when I started working with grid finance and understanding, prioritizing, prioritizing key tasks and putting the time aside to do them, uh, you just become so much more efficient um, and value in your own time as well is a big thing I've learned with, with, with COVID and my own business but um, yeah that there, the time management nail time management you'll be surprised you guys were talking about Tony Robbins for example uh, there recently as well so um, I when I when I, for, I know running out of time so I'll make it quick but when I first started the business I put so much time into it and my girlfriend was like when are you coming home it's half nine at night you're still in the office and it was kind of like, I'll be open with you guys, it caused problems in the relationship. And we were like, Jesus, you know, I need to put time into this. She wants time off me. And I watched a clip of Tony Robbins where a guy stood up in an audience and asked him that question. And the Tony Robbins basically said, you need to understand your quality time and your quantity time. So when you understand the quality and quantity time, you life just becomes a lot more easier. So that resonated with me with the time management. So a lot of what I do as I break my day up into, I start work at six, six o'clock to eight o'clock at home. Uh, Rain, my son gets up generally. He has an iPad in his way, in his name as well, Luke. So you like Kinta. that. Um, he wakes up at around eight o'clock. Get him ready. Get him fed. Nine o'clock, I go to work, and I I do everything I need to do up until half five in the evening, and then I go home at half five. And this this is an exception, obviously, with you guys. But uh, I go home at half five, and then I do nothing at home until nice. I start working again at six o'clock in the morning. And that's given me an incredible work-life balance. It's given me incredible, it's helped me relationships with people. It's helps like people will say to me, do you still have that business? You don't talk about it. Um, I just don't talk about it sometimes in social settings where they're not in the same world as me. Yeah. But um, but time management. And then also one last thing I'd encourage everyone to do, if I could go back and do it when I was 18, there's one particular book that I would read. I'm a big reader of books. I try and read, if I can, one a week. Uh, not always, but if I can, but one of the best books I've ever read, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. I don't know if you guys have ever read it. No, it's a new one for me. Time. So I wish I read that book when I was 18. That's all. That, that's what I was. I wish I read that book when I was 16 because it just simplifies how you simplifies how you should live your life and how when you how you how you, how you can make money, how you can budget for money, how you can build wealth and it came to mind when I was listening to you guys talking about building your investment strategy. And I got asked, you know, I got asked today with somebody else if you could read one book, what would it be? Richest Man of Babylon and Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. Those two books, as an entrepreneur, 
helped me tenfold. So the, the, the richest man in Babylon, it's a difficult read because it's kind of written in old English. It's about Roman Romans, but um, it takes some time. The audio book is great. Um, that would be, if someone was asking me, what would you read if you had to read it again? Richest Man in Babylon. Great book. We might do. We might even Perfect. do a shark pot on that. Sometimes we do a book breakdown uh, now and then. Well, so we might do that and uh, give you a shout out on that one as well. One last question yeah, before you it. go. Uh, would you prefer a t-shirt or a mug? A mug. Okay, perfect. We'll get that book out to you. Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, I love mugs. I collect them, actually. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I'm, just as I said, I've just got the new branding for Simply Business Finance gone out this week. I know I've just ordered my new merch, uh, as we call it. So I'll send you guys a mug as well. So uh, you, you guys have it. Best mug I've ever got was a cuddle mug from the, the FM 104 show. So um, We're going to try uh, to top or, that, Gary. We're going to put your logo both. on the Shark Pod mug. That's what we're going to do. We're going to, Mark, we can do that, right? Have we done that before? Yeah. I didn't tell you that. All right. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. And when you're having your, when we're having your get together, um, lots of my clients are hospitality business in Dublin and all that because uh, find a good place where we go and have some fun and talk business as well as socialize. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait for that. Um, So thanks very much for coming on the podcast uh, today. Um, So Simply Simply Business Finance is the the business. Um, If you guys are out there and you're entrepreneurs and you're you're afraid of finance, give Gary a call and uh, he might be able to help you out. All right. All right. Thanks very much, Gary. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Thanks, Gary.